Peter's here. Now, Peter, we're talking about fatigue and some ways where we can increase our energy, particularly this time of year where people start to wear down just a little. Well, look, it is that time of year, isn't it, where everybody starts to run out of puff. Um, you know, kids might start to get a bit crook, you know. And this year's been an awesome year for, because there has been a lot less viruses and flu. Yeah, there has. Yeah, everyone's saying it. And um, <clears throat> I'm finding that in practice as well, that we're not getting near as – we've hardly had anyone in that's had a cold or a flu. So we're not doing anything. Quite remarkable. I'm actually finding now um, the kids are starting to get some sniffles and the, the yeah. sore throat in the last month or so because yeah. more things are happening. Yeah, and I think also too, it's just everyone sort of winding down for the year. So fatigue is is one of the most common symptoms that I would see patients present with. And the trick for me is always to try and find out what's the cause of that fatigue. So um, I always do recommend that they go to their GP and get a full blood panel done. And um, we did a, a webinar recently on iron and the effects of low iron and Nearly every lady that we get blood tests done for that comes in with fatigue is low in iron. It's that it's the most common world deficiency is low iron. Wow. But um, what's interesting is you can have your iron studies done and you can have your hemoglobin done. And if your hemoglobin is still within the normal range, the doctor will say, no, iron's not a problem. But they don't tell you that iron, low iron, low ferritin below 50, which is your stored iron, affects your energy production right across the board. Your mitochondria won't produce energy. Your thyroid function won't work properly. Um, you won't be producing energy in your muscle tissue. So it's not just your hemoglobin. So low iron is one of the most common reasons I see people fatigued, and particularly ladies that are still having a monthly menstrual cycle as well. Um, and the problem is a lot of women don't absorb iron well, and mm. then if they're losing that bit of iron every month, it can be just catch up and sometimes for years I've seen women come in where they've been exhausted for years and when we look at their pathology they've been low in iron chronically low in iron for years and just no one's paid enough wow. attention to it. So Peter when we just hypothetically going to the doctors um, which yes. I did recently because I was <clears throat> feeling tired and fatigued and had blood work done and the iron seemed okay but he's saying potentially it could still be an Absolutely. issue. Right. You need to really have a look at those iron studies. If you bring your results in, I'll have a look at them for you. But the, the, there's there's the ideal range and then there's the accepted range. And you don't want to be in just in the bottom end of the accepted range because okay. you're going to take a long time to recover. Um, thyroid is another thing that we find. A lot of people can be out of the range thyroid-wise and can be affecting their energy levels. Um, a really big – one of the biggest causes I find for fatigue after iron is poor sleep patterns. Right. So we've I talked think, about this a lot yep. yeah, on the show, you know. Not enough sleep before midnight. That's exactly. I'm, I'm <laughs> Broken pleased to hear. sleep. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear you've been yeah. listening. And, um, you know, people that do that wake up between 1 and 3 a.m. of the oh, night time, which we call the liver hour, um, you know, often where people will wake up and be awake for ages as well. And interestingly, we were talking about um, people that get that flat spot to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yep. That's often related to sleep. As okay. well, if they're not, if you're not getting enough quality sleep, or enough not enough hours before midnight, you'll get that flat spot of an afternoon. It's funny you mention it because between two and four, I will wake every night, and I'm often awake for one or two hours. Yeah, okay. uh, minimum. Okay, I'm and I do things. I know that's really bad, but I'm awake. So that that's a quite a common pattern for a lot of people, though. They wake, but why are we waking in that time? Look, our, our theory is, or one of the theories is that that time of night between one and three a.m 
is when our livers, it's our liver time to detox and um, oh, that clean it. out toxins. So it's working when, hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we're younger, and a lot of people that wake in that time, a lot of people do have maybe a glass or two of wine of a night time. And, you know, often if you have a couple of drinks, you'll wake up in that time period. If you don't drink, like for a couple of weeks, you'll find you're not waking up in that liver time. I've revealed more about myself <laughs> you than have. I hoped. I wasn't going to even mention. <laughs> I was going to say maybe a friend of yours might yeah. be in that pattern. I think but, it's the friend. Okay, yeah, but, that's interesting. Yeah, because it, it's just when the liver's working harder. So a lot of women, particularly as they get older, not that you're getting any older, but no, it's okay. if it's, they're going through menopause and getting hot flushes, it'll be a combination of a couple of drinks, wake between one and three, and then that'll be their worst hot flushes as well. Right. So, yeah, okay. so that's another big cause of fatigue is that sleep pattern. Um, and then while we're talking about that energy-wise generally, the next thing that we would look at is gut health and also liver stress as well. So things like what we were talking about, you know, that pattern of waking up between one and three. And But how you know your liver's under stress is if you wake up every morning and you're always tired and feel like you could roll over and go back to sleep. Yes. If, yep. you know, one coffee's fine but two coffees now makes you feel a bit anxious or jittery. Yes. And things like um, decreased tolerance to alcohol, where one glass of wine's fine, but two glasses makes you feel a bit seedy the next day. They're all signs your liver's under stress, and that will be interfering with your energy levels as well. So important. Our body tells us so much, and so often we, we miss it, don't we? We just go, oh, yeah. it just is what it is. But no, listen to it and, and look into it. Yeah, because fatigue really is that. Fatigue is really a symptom that there's things out of balance or not working. Or And the other thing, of course, is stress is such a big factor for people that have um, low energy levels. So, Peter, let's have a break. And when we come back, do we want to talk about uh, some of the contents or supplements that, that can help us? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Things? Some really, really quick, easy things that you can do to really start to work out what's going on, but to get more energy for sure. Now, Peter, we're talking about ways to increase our energy. I know it, it must be one of the most common complaints you get where people are feeling fatigued and run down in general, but we don't need to accept that. We can actually do some things to, to make that better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I was saying before, good energy levels is a really good, like our body's talking to us all the time in the language of signs and symptoms and good energy levels, um, feeling clear-headed, they're all signs that your health's really, everything's working in the right direction, that your blood sugar, because that's another area we didn't discuss. One of the reasons people can get that flat spot of an afternoon is if their blood sugar levels um, are crashing after lunchtime, if they're having too many carbs and their blood sugar goes up and then they crash. Ah, that um, may, yes. That's, yeah, so that's you know, why we're wanting the protein have, and you yeah. know, we want those nuts and you know chicken and that, that sort of thing to to With your lunch. Cause long that, lasting. Yeah, it releases – the energy is released a lot more slowly. Okay. It's like protein's a bit like putting a hardwood log on the fire. Whereas um, carbohydrate, having a white bread sandwich is a bit like throwing a couple of petrol on the flames. Yes. You know, it just it's all flash and fanfare and then you're exhausted. Which, of course, you know, a lot of us, it's, it's a vicious cycle. A lot of us do that. We grab something quick because, you know, we're having the extra sleep in because we're tired, but then that food fuels the tiredness. <laughs> yeah, well, we get a we get an a increase in our sugar and then we get a drop in our sugar and then when our sugar levels drop, we're going to be looking for those quick carbs again. So... We see this a lot with kids at school that have a sugary breakfast. gives them a bit of a hit, but mid-morning they can't concentrate yeah. and focus. And <clears throat> part of me, they're looking for something sweet again. So, yeah, balancing, eating to balance our blood sugar levels is really important to have good, consistent energy. Okay. And um, 
The other interesting thing for people that get that flat spot of an afternoon, rather than have a coffee or something sweet to eat, try drinking a litre of water. It's often a sign of dehydration. Ah, okay. Yeah, and you'll be amazed. Try that. If you drink a litre of water... If you get properly hydrated, it's like your brain comes back online again. So stops because it gives that craziness <clears throat> almost where you're like, I've got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Yeah. And then just by calming down, just having some water, letting your body sort of do its thing. Yeah, yeah, because it could be, could be dehydration with you, not necessarily that your blood sugar's dropped or you're, you know, desperately, you possibly feel like you're desperately in need of a coffee and something sweet, mm. but, you know, it could be a hydration issue. Okay. So one of my um, so firstly, you know, always um, if you if you are really fatigued, you really need to see someone and get sorted. Find out what the cause is of your fatigue. But something that I prescribe a lot of to people that have low energy is a really good quality magnesium supplement. And um, magnesium, I think, is one of the the third or fourth most common. I think it's the third most common deficiency in the world today. Wow, is low in our soil, and um, we get it from a lot of our organic vegetables and and salad items but it really depends on the quality of the soil as well um <clears throat> so magnesium plays a huge amount of um different roles in the body particularly to do with energy production brain fog concentration focus um but it's the form of magnesium that's important we always use a, a glycinate or a bisglycinate form and um it means that the magnesium is bound to an amino acid so it gets absorbed across the gut wall but it gets importantly absorbed into the cell more readily. Do you add that to water or is it a, a tablet? Uh, we've got form? both a capsule. We recommend a, there's a capsule you can get or a powder. Yeah. I tend to like the powders I think better. I've got the powder at home. I'm yeah. having it before bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So magnesium is amazing because you can take it during the day for energy. Like there's a formula um, I like that has acetyl L carnitine in it, which is a, an amino acid that's really great for people that get brain fog. Yep. So we use the magnesium with acetyl L-carnitine and it has some other B vitamins. So that's a formula I'd recommend during the day for energy. Yep. And then a lot of people take magnesium of a night time because it does help with the production of melatonin when the melatonin is ready to come in and it helps to calm the nervous system. So it's a common thing I ask or get asked. People say, well, if I take magnesium during the day, won't it make me tired? And it doesn't. It depends what else it's combined with for okay. sure. So I'll often put people on magnesium during the day for energy and then a different magnesium of a night time with other components, other herbs particularly, that then help to boost that um, melatonin and that sleep quality. Excellent. So a lot of people that have trouble sleeping, you kind of got to calm them during the day with magnesium and then you know, support their sleep of a night time. Okay. Um, and the other thing that I really like to use for a lot of patients that are adrenally fatigued or stress burnout is a combination of herbs, a herb called withania, which really supports the adrenals and the thyroid. Um, there's licorice, another herb I like that really supports the production of cortisol and stress hormones, and a herb called um, Siberian ginseng, which is... um. The ginsengs traditionally have always been real tonics for the adrenals and stress coping. So, you know, this is a great mix to use during the day with maybe then a magnesium of a night time to help improve sleep quality. Okay, so some, some options out there. And as you said, first step is to get the bloods, find out what's going on and then... Yeah, because if someone's, if someone's low in iron, there's no point giving them all these other things that you think are going to help when iron's their major problem to fix first. But often it'll be iron and then they'll need 
stress support and then I'll need a magnesium. But finding the root cause first is always the key. And right now, you're going to give us some home truths that I think we probably all need to hear, Pete. <laughs> it's the non-negotiable Christmas tips because we're <laughs> in the lead up to Christmas now. I, I can't help but um, you know, keep bringing that up. Oh, well, it's true. It's really here that Christmas <laughs> trees are going up and shopping has begun. Crazy. Absolutely. So number one, um, get moving. Everybody knows the benefit of exercise, how important it is to exercise. And if, you've got, if, you've, if you're tired and you've been tired for a long time, getting fitter is one of the best things you can do. And you only have to start off very slow. Start off where you're comfortable. Get some help if you need to. Um, but, yeah, start to get um, get fitter is such a big, important thing to do. And also, too, getting out in the sun, getting that healthy dose of um, vitamin yeah, D. Yes. So important for so many things. And the fresh air. And, Pete, sometimes you can feel tired and think, oh, it's the end of the day, I don't want to go exercise. But if you force yourself to do it, you find that afterwards you've got all this energy. You do. You do. And you feel that much better yourself. So yeah. it's just getting into that habit, isn't it? Um, maintaining a healthy weight. So, obviously, um, we were talking before about eating to balance your blood sugars. And, you know, diabetes is, you know, maybe more of a pandemic than the current pandemic in some respects. So, um, yeah, eating to balance your blood sugars, you know, really looking at cutting out those refined carbs and sugars makes such a difference because you don't want your energy to be going, you know, up and down during the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get some help around that. Um, get plenty of sleep. You know, I've spoken before about it's the hours before midnight that really count. I've been doing that. I've been going to bed at 9.30 and I am feeling better for it. Yeah, look, it makes yeah. it makes a huge difference. Like even if someone goes to bed normally at 10.30, that extra hour, you know, the theory is that every hour before midnight is worth two hours after midnight. Wow. So good quality sleep. And, um, you know, the other really big thing that I think we could all be practicing more of is some form of, of something we do to help relax whether it's, you know, walking is great because you're sort of tying an exercise and move and relaxation, but maybe learn Tai Chi. You know, for a lot of listeners that may be a bit restricted with their movement, Tai Chi is a beautiful form of energy, okay. energy liberating exercise that helps with joint mobility, so many things, uh, yoga, um, Pilates, there's so many things that we could be doing. So maybe that's something to think about for a new year. Learn meditation, do a meditation course even. You know, we've all been talking about doing that. I think a lot of people think, oh, mindfulness, it's a hip word, but it, it's it's a thing. If you can just try to focus on the one thing at the, at the one time and slow down, you do reap the benefits from that. Absolutely, because our, our body's always present. So when you're really present, there's no emotion attached. So if you're really present, you, you can't feel stressed or anxious or depressed. So... Yeah, uh, those skills are things that we should all get training in. So, Do you do Tai Chi? No, I don't. I, I have done it a couple of times. I found it a little bit slow for me, but maybe that's because I need to slow down. Uh, maybe. I think, well, that's, I think we've hit the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Something we can Ask all me try. next year. I will. Uh, there we go. That's been Health and Wellbeing. Peter, thank you so much. You will be back same time next week. Same time next week. And lovely to see you today yeah, as well. Yeah, as always. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.